Welcome to Phantom Night Wrestling Corner, where we try not to lie, cheat, and steal. Tries the keyword. Yeah, course, I was about to say, you might, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll lie every time and of course cheat that, as often as possible and steal every title I can get my hands on. Of course, that's not assuming we're lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that definitely was a lie. So, this little episode recording whatever podcast is uh, brought together because today, uh, November 13th, is the 10th anniversary, well, November 13th, 2015, is the 10th anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing. Yeah, no, and you told me that, and I was like, wait, has it been already? Yeah, I know, it's weird, I mean, I I still remember, to me it still feels like a couple years old away from when he passed i mean it still felt that way with the ben wall when he passed too but oh yeah and it just feels weird i mean mostly we're old now (laughs) yeah (laughs) mostly uh just i guess we can go into some of the stuff about him and or what we remember the most about him i mean how how were you introduced to eddie guerrero on in the wrestling ring in the ring, like I said, like I fell out for quite a while. So by the time I hit, it was uh, Attitude Era a little bit before Raw and uh, SmackDown were uh, doing their feuding crap. And then all of a sudden, Shane O'Mac comes out and says that he ended up buying up WCW type of thing. You know what I mean? Like right around in that area. Because I remember all of that all the time. Like, I think that's at the point where Eddie was in the WWE, but I think yeah. he, might, he might have been out because of an injury or something. Yeah, I think he was, because I remember he ended up... No, I take that back. Because he... he wasn't part of the Team WCW, he wasn't part of the... Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I, cause, stuff. Yeah, because I remember he was there... And then I think he had gotten hurt, and then, yeah, like you said, that was uh, because he was injured. He wasn't on either team, so he actually lucked out because technically they could have put him on almost both teams because if I, I remember correctly, he was big in uh, WCW. Actually, the weird thing is I don't think Benoit was either. Actually, that kind of sounds about right. That is weird, because I I think, I know, I think Saturn was there, I think. Yeah. And that's weird, because the the Radicals, which was uh, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, they were, they should have been there and still active. Well, at least, like I said, the Malenko and Perry Saturn should have been still active, unless it was during the time when they kind of were leaving, competing in the ring. Yeah. No, no, because uh, if I remember correctly, that was when uh, Perry Saturn was still doing his moppy gimmick. Oh, moppy. Yeah, remember that horse crap? Yeah. 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 So that was about that time. So technically, if he was being shown on a Raw, it was usually like a video package, like of him doing a skit or something. Like, he wasn't really wrestling on that. Like, if they had him on anything, it was usually on, like... Heat or nitro. Chris or not might, nitro. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Nitro. It might have also been when he was uh, with uh, Terry as well. 
Yeah, yeah, he was. I do remember that. Now, uh, most people probably know that there's like some uh, DVDs out there that more or less and probably some stuff you can look on the network and other video sources of uh, how Eddie got into wrestling. I think it uh, started with, a, if I remember this right, him and Chavo used to uh, get into the ring during uh, intermissions of their father's promotion, I think, and did their own little uh, matches. Nice. And uh, that kind of got people's attention so much that they didn't even, they didn't even leave for intermission. <laughs> and uh, after that, I think... I think that's when Eddie it's won. that nobody got paid either, now that I think about it. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> at, sometime after that, Eddie went over to Japan and started being a, I think it was a Tiger Mask or Black Tiger or Tiger, Black Tiger or something like that. Yeah, I would say if you give me two seconds, I could look it I, up. But, I'm, uh... I'm looking at the, at the Wikipedia right now. Ah, okay, yeah. fair enough then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he became a... Yeah, he became a Black Tiger, and he was there between. It was he was part of New Japan Pro Wrestling between 1993 and 1996. Now, in '95, he had a little reign in ECW, the Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yep. And that's when there was some of those classic matches with Two Coat Scorpio and Dean Blanco happen. Yep. Which I'm sure you said that probably seen some of those matches. Yeah, I've seen a few of those because if I remember correctly, a lot of those are actually on uh, like the best of ECW stuff. Yeah, most of those best of DVDs that they made, the old Pioneer ones and the more recent WWE ones. Yep. And then after that, he uh, debuted in WCW in 1989 as a jobber. And it says here mostly against Terry Funk. Which is funny because then that goes in the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we all know his main runs are, again, with uh, Dean Malenko, Benoit, even Mysterio. Uh-huh. And most of his WCW run goes from uh, mostly 90, actually should say 95, his strongest time there, to about 2000. And during this time, he goes through the United States Championships, Cruiserweight Championships, a feud with with uh, Chavo, because Chavo was part of WCW as well. Yep. And at one point, I think they had like a hair versus hair match, I think. And uh, I think... Uh, I think it was Chavo who lost and actually enjoyed shaving his own head. Actually, yeah, that sounds about right. Because about the time that Eddie ended up hitting the WWF, he still had uh, his, the long hair. Yeah. And then in uh, 1989, around the time when there's these NWO things, Eddie started up the Latino World Order. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Because that was uh, when he was running around with uh, Unmasked Ray Ray, if yeah, I remember correctly. Unmasked Ray Ray, I think uh, La Parca, and some of the other Lucha people. I know uh, Ray Mysterio actually reluctantly joined up right away, but then he 
more or less became attached. Yeah. Then after that, he uh, became a founding member of the Filthy Animals. I don't remember that part. I don't either. But then again, that's also been so many moons ago that we don't have enough time in this to list them all. Uh, And then, you know, like I said, he went over to WWF, World Wrestling Federation at the time, as part of the Radicals with Benoit, Malenko, and Saturn. Yep. And then also in that same year, he more or less got this Latino heat thing going on Uh with him and China. Yep. And then even during that part, he had a, what, European Intercontinental Championship stuff going on. Actually, yeah, I think I kind of remember bits of that. And then there was this one thing, uh, oh yeah, with the whole China being in Playboy, and Eddie was trying to uh, interfere with that stuff. I kind of don't blame him, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm I'm not gonna go into why. Some of you can probably guess why. Yeah. But uh, she'll hear that. That's uh, that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, she does have a nice pair of. Never mind. Look, all I'm saying is, all I'm gonna say is worst movie ever, and we're gonna leave it at that. Worst adult movie or worst movie, period? Technically both, but, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. And next up on the Wikipedia list, (laughs) it shows uh, Eddie had a little indie run between 2001 and 2002, which is probably at the time... It shows that he, uh... Got in a got arrested for drunk driving on November 9th, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So I guess the little injury was uh, kind of because of that. Yeah. But during that time, he was working IWA stuff. Really? Uh, let's see. On March first, he defeated the champion CM Punk and Rey Mysterio in a triple threat match. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah, that would have put him, uh, if he was battling Punk, that would have put him in Mid-South. Yeah, IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship he won. Nice. He, he dropped the title back to Punk one day later, so. Yeah, yeah, which sounds about right, but at the same time, that's also, no offense to him, but that's kind of how most of Ian's stuff runs. Yeah. And then... Unfortunately. <laughs> And then he apparently made his return in 2002, April 1st, 2002, attacking Rob Van Dam. And so, yeah, this was after the invasion stuff. Yep. Yep, because I remember that being a big thing, too. Yeah. Because uh, I think it was a little bit after that is the one, uh, it, it was the match where he was in, it was Eddie and somebody else, and I can't remember. I can't remember if it was Benoit or if it actually was RVD, but they were having a ladder match. Oh, and yeah. And he was yeah, starting was to climb it, and a fan jumped in and pushed the ladder. Yeah, I think, if I remember, it was against uh, Rob Van Dam because they had a few ladder matches, and Intercontinental Championships were on the line and stuff like that. Yep. And so, then, yeah, that's, that's about where my memory starts kicking in a little bit better. 
shows Eddie had a little feud with a uh, Stone Cold, which actually, I remember that. <laughs> uh, apparently, Austin left the WWE before a match could take place. Yep. Which is really weird. Well, it, it come down to a matter of his injuries started getting the better of him. Uh, if I remember correctly, that was also... Uh, uh, this was when Brock was, was coming in. And well, I yeah, that was when Brock was coming in. But, I mean, like, I remember there was something going on, and I can't quite remember what it was. But there was, like, some ceremony being held. I remember that. I think, like, one of the legends died or something. I don't know. But... And Stone Cold came out and was talking about it. And I, I, I think this... I don't know. I think this is the part where it was uh, when Brock was coming in and they wanted Stone Cold to J-O-B to Brock as well. Yeah. So that's probably also it. But let's see. Uh, yeah, Guerrero Benoit wrestled exclusively for SmackDown. Feud with Edge. Mm-hmm. Little vignette things. Kurt yep. Angle. Yeah, uh, which about that time was, uh, if I remember correctly, when he started coming out with the lowrider. Yeah. And it was the whole Los Grills with him and Chavo doing their, we lie, yep. we cheat, we steal. <laughs> yep, yep. Which, actually, that, that was great, though. I mean, that was a fun little thing that they had going. Yeah, exactly, especially when Eddie would come down and grab up the chair and throw it down and act like he was dead, and the ref would be like, what the what? Disqualification! It's like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, it was a great idea for... Eddie and Chavo to team up, and I don't know how many freaking times they won the tag team titles. Oh, quite a few. Like, there's a reason why the Dudleys have so many uh, towards the uh, tag belts, and it's because a lot of the times they would end up losing them to, like, Chavo and Eddie, (laughs) or, like, turn around and lose them to, like, the Hardys type of thing. Like... And, uh, let's see, yeah, he had a little bit of a run with, a uh, Tajiri as his tag team partner as well. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I remember that stuff, because, uh, yeah. wasn't it they were trying to get Tajiri over? Like, wasn't that, like, one of the times when he came in or something? Like, I, I can't remember if it was, a uh, he came back, uh, or if it was when he first was getting into, uh, the WWF right around the time that they were turning it into the like, WWE. <laughs> I don't know, but it's saying here that it's like a five days prior to Judgment Day, Chavo tore his biceps, which... Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and then he chose Tajiri, and... Yep. And then it shows uh, Eddie competed in a tournament for the United States Championship, and that was a that was an interesting little run. Yep. Uh, feeds with Big Show, which... Actually, it's probably how Big Show got the U.S. title. Yep. And let's see. Uh... Oh, yeah. No way out. Brock Lesnar defending his WWE championship against Eddie. <laughs> yep. And uh, Eddie had a little help from uh, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> a little bit of I help. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had a little help from uh, Bill Goldberg and... Won the WWE Championship. Did this whole little celebration thing. Uh, there was no rematch, as far as I know, unless there was like a return rematch on like a SmackDown or something. But I think there might have been. They usually do weird stuff like that. Like it used to be that I... immediately following a big pay per view, you would 
have to, and I mean have to, defend your belt? If I knew, uh, if uh, anything, I'd say Eddie probably cheated his way out of winning by like a DQ or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. And then that leads into WrestleMania 20, where uh, he had he had his match with Kurt Angle, which he had a he was defending his title against Kurt Angle and uh, faked a foot ankle injury just to mm-hmm. roll Angle up. Yep. And then at at the end of the event is when uh, Benoit finally wins the World Heavyweight Championship, and Eddie shows up and helps celebrate with him. Yep. Yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah. And then they go into the feud with JBL. Oh, yeah, all that crap. Yeah. That's right, because he finally had come back, because he stopped being Bradshaw and was gone for a long time, and then he came back as JBL. That's right. Yeah, John Bradshaw Layfield, which was a... Even more ridiculous, because then you have him trying to pull his limo up on one side and Eddie coming out in the lowrider on the other, and it's like, uh... Can we get, like, a valet out here, please? I mean, uh, John Bradshaw Layfield is... Uh, the character was supposed, was supposed to be, like, a, a very, very evolved form of just Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. It was more of a rich, uh, stock market type of Texan. Yeah, was, he, he was... If I remember correctly, they, they were essentially... They were trying to do, like, a commentary on... A, a, Bush the second being president at the time. Like they, they, they were trying to, it's kind of weird to say that, but that's kind of what was going on. Like they, they were trying to make fun of the fact that because W was no more than like a rich Texas oil man and he's running around trying to be president type of thing. Yeah. Because I, if I remember correctly, it was like in the middle of this feud was like, 9-11, I think. It, it was somewhere in the middle of this, because then they kind of, like, had to lay off of that. Actually, that was, uh... That was years prior to 9-11. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, then, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. The, then, they, then, yeah, they, they just kind of lucked out with that one then, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, he had the little feud between Guerrero and JBL, which, in which case... One time, Eddie got really badly busted open. Oh, yeah. I, I think he, uh, what was it? He he kind of lost too much blood and almost passed out? Yeah. Or something like that? Or... It, he, I know that they had to take him to the hospital because yeah. he did lose so much. But I can't remember if it's a matter of he got cut open in, like, the middle of the match. It, it was towards the end. Was it? I think it was towards the end. See, now I was thinking, though, it was like something like the middle, and they hadn't quite finished the match yet, and by the time it came down to, like, Eddie needed to win, like, he almost couldn't do it type of thing. I think by the time... then again, my memory isn't what it used to be. Yeah, I I think if anything, it would have, uh, he would have actually finally... Almost collapsed, I think, once he got to the back, because mm-hmm. even losing blood, I think he'd still be trying to be going as much as he can. Yeah. And then, in which case, their feud ended up with uh, this, uh, the Four Corners Texas Bull Rope match, in which case, yep. Eddie lost. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, if due, I remember due, correctly, that due was to some bullshit. Crap. Due some due to some weird bullshit decision. But yeah, after that, JBL had his stupid tyrant reign as WWE champion, which was bullshit. And then uh, Guerrero started having a bit of a feud with Angle again. And then, yeah, yeah, I know where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm trying to think. Like I said, my memory isn't quite what it used to be anymore. So I'm trying to think back. Like, okay, and then yeah, but at the same time, we're also talking a decades plus ago. Yeah, at this point, it's uh going to be. Early 2005. Yeah. Because right now... Yeah, we're which would have been my sophomore year of high school, I think. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Yeah. It's at this point... Uh, Eddie started uh, teaming up with Ray for Tag yep. Team Championship Gold. And then started feuding with Ray. Mm-hmm. In which case, it le led up to this whole... Uh, Mysterio's son, Dominic, is actually so-called Eddie's son. Yeah. Bullshit, and they had some weird ladder match and cage match. Well, the ladder match was like Dominic's custody papers above the ladder. Yep. And then they had a cage match, which... I mean, to me, the, the idea of a feud between Eddie and Ray is a good idea, but that was taking it too far. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of those things where... I mean, don't get me wrong, as a matter of a technicality for a storyline, yes, it did make Eddie even more of a heel than need be, but at the same time, like, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's going way, way, way too far at that point. Yeah, especially having Dominic as the person that they're trying to win a match for a, a, a kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then after this feud happened, uh, Guerrero became number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship against the then-champion Batista. Oh, yeah, I remember this, because this was a... Uh, yeah, they were kind of... Was that, like, pre-evolution type of thing? Uh, no, this was post-evolution. Okay, yeah, 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 then I know where we're at. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, them had Guerrero and Batista having their little, little, little friendship feud, friendship feud thing. Yep. Where it's like... Yep, I, I, I remember that now. I think it's... Yeah, it shows here they had a series of matches with, a. Uh, MNM, which also, you know, increased the suspicions about if Eddie's actually trying to be good or not. Yeah. Which, uh, unfortunately, uh, after that little thing, there's, uh, some other stuff that's involving, uh, looks like Mr. Kennedy. It was the last, the last actual televised match was against Mr. Kendi at November 1st, SmackDown of 2005. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I say last uh, taped one, but it says on the date of his death, there was a, a tr some triple threat match he was involved in. 
It's renowned here. Triple threat match between himself, Batista, and Randy Orton. Mm. That, that was uh, supposed to take place to air on the following episode of SmackDown for the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, that's right, because that was back when they were taping, yeah. like, uh, SmackDowns on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, and it, then, it, yeah. Yeah, it says, on the date of his death, the triple match was supposed to take place to air, but Eddie Rose scripted to win the title. So Batista could take time off to heal from his injured back. Yep. But, uh, yeah, because of Eddie passing, they... Because he was busy working out and collapsed of a heart attack in, uh, I can't remember if he was at the gym. He was at, or, he was at the, he uh, had a heart attack, collapsed, collapsed in the hotel room while he was brushing, brushing his teeth. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. Because, yeah, what it was is uh, from years of uh, drug abuse, smoking and different stuff like that, and then trying to get clean and working out. His uh, blood vessels had actually become smaller than they should have been. Yeah. So his heart was working overtime to actually get the blood flow through properly, which is kind of one of the downfalls of uh, working out that much. Like, it's one thing to work out to maintain, like, being healthy and everything. But when you're doing what they're doing, which is almost like nonstop training to make sure that, you know, your body's in like a good enough condition to do the stuff you need to be doing, especially with Eddie being, you know, excuse me, essentially Eddie being like a Lucha type of persona when yeah. it comes down to his style, like all the running and jumping and flipping and losing his mind type of thing. Like you, you essentially, you have to work out every single day. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it, showing right here. Twice a day. It's shown right here, uh, yeah, found unconscious hotel room in the Marriott City Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. And found by his nephew Chavo, which, well, mm -hmm. we'll go into something else about that some other time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, autopsy revealed, revealed died as a result of a acute heart failure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, following that, Actually, the day after that was the Raw, was the first of two uh, tributes that they were making for Eddie Guerrero. Yep. They had a, a tribute on Raw, and then they also filmed a tribute on SmackDown as well. And yep. It, and it was more or less the same, I think the same place and more or less the same time period that it happened at. Yeah, because I, I think the stage area stayed the same, and at some point, Eddie's lowrider came out and kind of stayed out there for some of the parts on both shows, which was weird. Yeah, yeah, they they literally uh, because at the time they knew what they were gonna do, so they had everybody show up to the one venue, and then all they really did is just kind of change the graphic over. And yeah, if I remember correctly, it was like they had the I think it was the raw stage at the time. Yeah, so, the, the, yeah. the raw the raw stage that they had, which was a bit weird. Yeah, and then I think they had a. Uh, it was either uh, Chavo drove it out, or it was uh, Ray drove out the lowrider. Oh, it, it was Batista. It. Oh, was it Batista? I think it was Batista who drove it out. 
Okay. All I, I know is one I, I of remember, them ended up driving them out, and yeah. I think Batista drove it out because I remember seeing some flashbacks on some of those uh, um, tribute videos that showed Eddie driving out the lowrider with uh, Vince McMahon in the passenger seat. Yeah. Which looked funny. Especially <laughs> <laughs> expression on Vince's face. Yeah, when he hits the hydros. Yeah. yeah. And and like I said, there was some uh, tribute videos made about this. And the one that people mostly remember the most was a uh, uh, one made one with the song Three Door uh, Here Without You," but "Here Without You" by Three Doors Down. Yeah, I remember the, that one. Yeah, that's the one that I think they played uh, during Raw, and I guess they just had it for uh, the WWE website and on YouTube. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure everybody who wants to, they can go and find it. Yeah. I mean, if anything, even we can post it at some point. I mean, I think I have numerous times on my Facebook page, so. Yeah. And then, uh, kind of a year after Eddie passes, he gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. And, to be honest, with all the history Eddie has, it was probably given that at some point oh, yeah. he would have been. Oh yeah, he he definitely he would have been. Just like if uh, Benoit's problem wouldn't have been the fact that he lost his mind off of his medication, more than likely he would have too. But you know, that that, that kind of also brings up another thing that we gotta wonder is uh, what would have happened if Eddie didn't pass? I mean, would would he still be competing, or would he be like helping out some newer guys in NXT or? It's more than likely a possibility that he would have kept going until he either got injured to a point where there was no return or he would have pulled like how JBL did and they might have put him on commentary. Hmm. You know, who knows? Like there, there's all sorts of stuff that they could have done with him. Like even after he finally decided he was done, if not just said, you know, I'm retired, uh, I'm I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not going to teach anybody, I'm not going to do anything, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm too badly hurt, there's really nothing I can do. Plus, you know, if Eddie didn't pass, it might have might been helpful for Benoit, too, because Benoit was losing it beca- mostly because of Eddie's passing, too. Yep. And then, uh, when, you know, Eddie passed a... Uh, Eventually, the WWE had Vicky Guerrero get involved with the WWE stuff. Yep. Probably behind-the-scenes stuff, too, as well. Yeah, I was about to say, not just being a GM, which was kind of one of the worst points in history, but at the same time, you know, I feel like they felt like uh, they They're, owed it to Eddie. To yeah, a bit of an, a bit of an obligation. money coming in for him, yeah. And also to note, when... Uh, when Eddie passed, Chavo was still part of the company, but he was starting a new gimmick, if you will. Yep. I think it was like a some uh, what was the name? He he was more like one of those uh golfers, one of those uh like rich golfer guys. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he he was doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he had like blonde hair and. He's just, it's just like a weird gimmick he was doing at the time. 
before. Yeah, it was, it was definitely some weak sauce. And then, <laughs> if I remember correctly, he actually, like, stopped the gimmick almost instantly. And then he went was... back to being a Guerrero. Uh-huh. Because I think it was, like, something like Sherwood White or something like that that he was trying to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, it was something weird along those lines, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the... I got the list here of the little DVDs and stuff that I was trying to say earlier about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, besides from the, the you know, the pay-per-view DVDs that you can probably find, along with the Blu-rays and the... Hold on. I got a belch coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, other than the other special best-of stuff that's out there, too, uh, there was actually two DVDs focused on Eddie Guerrero. One was called Cheating Death, Stealing Life, The Eddie Guerrero Story, in which case it also led to a book. Uh, that DVD came out in 2004. The book was a year later. Yep. And then the last one that they made was uh, Viva La Rasta, The Legacy of Eddie Guerrero, which was in 2008. Yep, I remember that one. And I think I got both, but I think when I bought the Viva La Rasta one, I bought it with a little... Uh, metal case thing nice yeah it was like some store was having a was like they were selling it with the steel case thing so so i don't know i mean which which part of this do i mean you were talking about how you mostly knew remember eddie mostly because of the attitude era stuff or that's when you first remember him mostly yeah I mean, what do you remember the most about him, though? I mean, from what you did see. I think the thing that I got to remember the most, or at least bring up here, like I've said before, was this was, you know, around the time when, you know, in order to get across, you essentially, like, you went out with almost no attitude, and then the fans kind of decided on whether you were the face or the heel type of thing, you know, like like back to the rock. When The Rock first came out and he was Rocky Maivia and he was supposed to be a face. <clears throat> and everybody and their brother booed him. And then, you know, Rock comes out as a heel as just The Rock. You know what I mean? And everybody and their brother loved him. You know, kind of like how Stone Cold would do from time to time. Like, he would come out and taunt the fans and the fans would still love him. And then he'd, you know, try sticking up for somebody and everybody would be like, yeah, I don't know why you're doing that. Go back to doing what you used to do type of thing. But Eddie was always like a special case. Like, even when he was a heel, as soon as he would, like, you heard the music and you knew he was coming out, like, you knew it was going to be a good match. It didn't matter who he was going against. It didn't matter how you actually felt about him. It didn't matter if you were buying into the heel face portion of it. <laughs> it didn't matter what type of gimmick he was playing. Like, as soon as Eddie came out, you knew something was going to happen. Especially around the time when, you know, like I said, he was having the ladder matches with RVD, you know. He he was doing, like, all the craziness. Like, if I remember correctly, he was one of the people that, you know, was having steel cage matches, like, left and right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, every time he came out, you knew something was going to go down. Even if it was something as simple as, you know, He's getting his ass kicked, he's about to lose, and then he'd run over to, like, the timekeeper area, pick up a steel chair, run in, and drop it, and act like he was defeated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
anytime he did something, it was always awesome. I, I know uh, the most of the steel cage matches that I know that that he competed in were probably, like you said, uh, um, I think Kurt Angle was probably one he had with. Uh, uh-huh. Rey Mysterio was one he had with. Uh, yep. I don't know if he had one with RVD though. I don't remember if he did. I, I don't think it, he did because I think that was about possible. the time. Yeah, I was about to say. I think that was about the time that uh, they were purposely trying to get rid of RVD. Like it, it, the only reason that they brought him back was for when they uh, the essentially stuff. said that they owned ECW and they were trying to go out of their way to get as many originals back as possible. Which right there would have been another thing, like. In, in the WWE versus ECW war that was going on, like that big pay-per-view. The invasion. Uh-huh. Like, quite literally, Eddie would have been on ECW side, kind of like how Angle was. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually would have been in Angle's spot. You know what I mean? Actually, I wonder where Eddie would have been during that invasion. I mean, would he have been on the ECW side? Would he have been on the WCW side? Or would he have just stayed with the WWE side? More than likely, he would have been... Well, no, 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 because I'm talking about, like I said, later on, like, back with the ECW zombie that you love so much. Oh, the WWE's ECW. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, when they were doing that stuff, like, Uh... Eddie probably would have taken over as team captain instead of it being Angle. Like, Angle almost would have pulled Stone Cold's side when, you know... Because at the end of that pay-per-view, Stone Cold comes out, and everybody's like, okay, whose side is he going to be on? And literally, I'm sitting there like, oh, he's going to be on, you know, WWE side. He's done so much there. And I'd completely forgotten that at the time, he was, when he went to ECW, he was no longer, like, that was right after the stunning Steve Austin stuff. Yeah, all that stunning And Steve they man. let him, yeah, so they let him come in and just start cutting promos and running the mic and acting like a crazy man type of thing, just doing whatever, you know, he felt like doing. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been something along those lines if not Angle just would have stepped down and been like a second in command. And like I said, Eddie would still have been top dog type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, he would have been the one leading the charge. I I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't, I I don't think Eddie would have, Oh, if he was if he was still around during that time, I don't think he would have wanted to go to the that ECW that version of ECW. I think he would have just wanted to stay with either SmackDown or Raw. Possibility. I mean, SmackDown he had a lot of pluses going for him. I mean, Mysterio stayed on SmackDown. He Mysterio never went to ECW. Well, at least, you know, part of the roster of ECW. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Damn it. (laughs) Now you're the one belching. Look, now that I'm done eating my Hardee's and it's finally settling, it's uh, it's catching back up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's catching back up with you. Yep. Yeah, Eddie Grow had a long legacy with the wrestling business. I mean, 
I'm looking down this list of titles of companies. Mm -hmm. It's just wow. Um, shoot. Well, I mean, I mean, is there anything else that you can think of to bring up as far as remembering Eddie? Not really. There's nothing really big that I can think of, because like I said, his entire career was just so big that picking a moment doesn't do any of it justice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even like the best of collection DVDs, which while yes, you know, those are good starting points, like your best bet is to find somebody who like psychotically <laughs> just started recording every episode of Raw and every episode of SmackDown and literally watching his like entire career, yeah. like e even finding like the old tapes from ECW when he did it, you know, trying to see if there's not. Which I like think, a, I a smart mark video out there where, you know, it, like we said, you know, with Eddie being in IWA Mid-South, seeing if there's, you know, not a tape out there of when he was fighting against uh, Punk and Ray Ray for the belt. You know what I mean? Like there, there could be a DVD out there of it, but I think most of the other stuff people can probably find on like the network and some of their video sources. Yeah, because I know that's kind of the reason why we were going to do uh, the... 97 Halloween Havoc, if I remember correctly. That was the one that we picked. Yeah, we were going to do the 97 Halloween Havoc where he had a great match against yeah. uh, Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. And technically we can still go back to it at some point and do a review on it still. Oh, yeah. In fact, hell, we can almost save it for next year for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the time next year Halloween comes around, I mean, we could start early enough. We could get multiple Halloween Havocs done. Yeah, no, because unfortunately that's one of those things I always bring up with the guys is if we're going to do a seasonal-based episode, then we need to have it recorded, like, way ahead of time. Yeah. Which kind of creates a bit of a problem because if we record it too ahead of time, then we could be talking about stuff from, like, March, which would make no sense well, or something could end up happening. Well, if we're covering, yeah. like, an old pay-per-view, I don't think it's that much of a bother. Well, yeah, that's true, but yeah. you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. if it comes down to, like, specific stuff like that, like, if you go too far back and you're recording, it doesn't make any sense with some of the stuff you're talking about, hmm. like, some of the references you're making. But at the same time, if you wait too long, then we have the same problem that we had this time around where we couldn't get the edit done in time. And then on top of that, then we also had the problem of a scheduling conflict. Yeah. So... That's that's the only time that it becomes a major drawback. But even so, yeah, like you said, we can we can get that one started for next year and hopefully have more of them done. I mean, I know next month we'll probably dip into that one. I'm not looking forward to doing <laughs> the December. The December. To December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. And then uh, I think the month after that is going to be Price and Royal Rumbles. Actually, the Rumble is coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it's January. Hell. Holy crap, there's a lot of Royal Rumbles that we would need to cover. 
Well, <laughs> I doubt we're going to get to that many, but... No, that's true, but you, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, when it yeah. comes to the Royal Rumble, that used to be one of those things where literally you didn't know who was going to show up. Yeah, a lot of the time. I, well, with the ones later on, yeah, but... Yeah, but you know what I mean, though. They'd start doing those crazy gimmicks where all of a sudden you have, like, Drew Carey in the ring who... Uh, throws his own ass out because Kane comes down. You know what I mean? Like crazy stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I assume that since we're a jumping topic and you're not bringing up anything Eddie. Well, I was going to say, you know, otherwise people (coughs) could probably try and find maybe like some old videos or uh, see if they can find old DVDs of maybe like his time in New Japan pro wrestling. Yep, yep, for real. Other than that, most of the other stuff you could probably find on the network, the WWE network, or you know the usual video sources. Yep. So yeah, let's go and do the Dudes, the torrents, whatever need be. Yeah, let's go and, and do... speak. Of, yeah, I was about to say. And speaking of websites, yep. uh, make sure that everybody goes to fandomnight.com, especially if you're new to this. Uh, if you're brand new to this show and you liked what you heard, go to Fandom Night. It'll give you links to the YouTube which the YouTube will have all of our playlists of everything, not just the wrestling show, but at the same time all the different shows we're doing, including the couple new ones that we have started and are going to be starting soon. Um, There's also a link to the RSS feed, which will allow you to take us with you instead of just listening to stuff off of... uh, God dang it, people quit sending me messages. Uh, (laughs) It'll allow you to listen to stuff off both iTunes and your... uh, favorite podcast applications. Um, There's also a contacts link so you can, I don't know, contact us, tell us what's going on. And of course, anybody who's already watching this off YouTube, go ahead and comment below and tell us what, you know, you miss about Eddie, what you think about him, you know, or well, what you thought about him anyway. Well, no, I got to say think, because there are people out there who have never seen an Eddie Guerrero match and they're probably wondering what's going on. And, yeah. yeah, I would definitely recommend, you know, watching anything with Eddie. Almost all of it's good, and I say almost all of it because there are a few where, uh... Yeah, like the we other mentioned, the, 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 really the custody stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that stuff, but... No, I was going to say, some of the matches, which happens all the time, there's people who can't carry themselves, and I, I remember there being a couple times where literally Eddie was carrying the entire match, but at the same time, that's happened how many times throughout wrestling history? So, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I was about to say, you can't really fault anybody for that other than the uh, jackass who decided to hire the bad worker. But, yeah, for Fandom Night Wrestling Corner, a uh, special news edition, I suppose, talking about uh, the remembrance of Eddie Guerrero, I'm so well, sorry, Level. Actually, it's not really news. I mean, what we did before with the Seth Rollins thing, that was news. Oh, uh, yeah, True. But yeah, this is just a little, you know, an episode just talking about Eddie and sharing some memories. So yeah, fool. I was I was trying to get the trying to get this to a point where we could throw it up now instead of having to wait till Monday. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's still gonna be a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, what was he saying? Uh, I am Cesario Level, and I am Scott Action Jackson, and that is the three count.